Hey Life Canton, Roger here. One of the directors at Life Canton. So glad that you're with us, whether you're a returning listener or a brand new listener. Uh, if you are brand new, be sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff so you can get our podcast and the other stuff we put out besides our messages. Uh, this week we're in our final week of our series on radical generosity. And you're going to hear Pastor Nathan talk about uh, what we do, one of the things that we do with our generosity. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to remind you that uh, as we talk about generosity, that there's a lot of ways to participate in what God is doing in our community, in our church, but generosity, um, generously giving to the mission of this church and what God's trying to do is one of those ways uh, that you can participate. So be sure to head over to our uh, church center app or head over to our forward slash give page uh, to give. Uh, we encourage you, one of the challenges that Pastor Nathan and, and all the other pastors who have spoken in this series have challenged us to give a recurring tithe, uh, a gift um, that we give every week, uh, every month um, to support the mission of this church continually and faithfully. So I encourage you to give that kind of gift or just to give for the first time. So uh, give this message a, less, a listen, and I will catch up with you in just a minute. Amen. You guys just give it up for God one more time. Yeah, that's good. Good. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, you can have a seat whenever you're ready. Some of you are like, I'm not ready to sit yet. <laughs> well, we're going to get to some worshiping at the end. Don't you worry about that. I'm so glad that you are here. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors. And uh, we're finishing up a series today about the radical generosity of God because he's been so so very good to us. And I know that he wants to encourage you today and continue to give you more freedom in your heart and experience a newness in your spirit. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I think God is going to move some hearts today in a way that produces something that gives him glory. And the word of God is always the one that does that as it guides us. If you are new, love for you to fill out a connect card. You can find those in paper at the welcome desk or uh, very much right there online. If you like the QR code or you can find it on our website, it's a way to connect with us and find out what's happening next and where we're going. And uh, I, I'm excited about what's happening next. I'm excited about this new season um, because uh, God is going to do something incredible in the next year. But this time is for celebrating what he is doing. And uh, I love Christmas. I encourage you to be there Christmas Eve to invite a bunch of people. We're going to pack the place out in one service. So it'll be good to see everyone, to see everyone's face. And so please be there at 2.30. We're in this series about radical generosity, and it's based on a position paper. Uh, a position paper is something that we use to help us understand what we mean when we're talking about a hot-button topic. You can find that online as well as the entire series, and you can listen through it. And it really builds on 2 Corinthians 8 all the way through. I encourage you to hear from Jared, to hear from Franz, and to hear from some of our staff in that series in our podcast, or you can also watch that online. But I want to highlight one of the lines. And this is our heart for this series. It says this, Life Canton will reclaim our identity in Jesus as it relates to our money and possessions. If you notice that reclaim our identity in Jesus, that's a huge part, a half of our vision, our 10-year vision of what we're going to do in our community, is that each one of you reclaim your identity in Jesus and bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. So what we're doing right now is reclaiming our identity in Jesus as it relates to our money and possessions. 
It's important for us to understand that the world is speaking to us a way of viewing money and an economy that is not God's economy and results in us living a life that God never intended for us and choking the life out of ourselves. And so this is a reclamation of what God's plan for your heart is in your finances and the freedom that he wants in your heart and that peace. 2 Corinthians 8.10, we're going to build right on where I left off last week. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. He's talking about giving. Here's my judgment. So he's, he's built all this up. He's talked about it. He's talked about what God has done. He says, this is my judgment in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Here is my judgment. This is not a command. This is not a command from Paul to this church about, hey, you must give. He's saying, this is my judgment. This is what wisdom shows me. This is what the radical generosity of the Macedonians and the radical generosity of Jesus should birth within us. It is not a command. Last year, you were first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. What he's talking about, what happened in this situation is over a year ago, some, it might have been more than 12 months, up to 48 months, uh, these Corinthian church, they, they decided to take up an offering to help the Jerusalem church so they could expand, so they could grow. They were in need. They had decided over a year ago to do that, but they hadn't followed through quite yet. And I think about us, I think about our partners, some of you who became partners just recently or have been partners, they agree every year to give to the church. And so they make a decision at the beginning of the year and they follow through. As partners, the staff are and leadership team and people in the church, we gather together and we partner for the work ahead of us. We rely on each other and plan on each other investing financially in this in the same way that Jerusalem church was relying on the Corinth church. When everyone dives in, when everyone contributes, it makes a huge difference. Let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 8.11. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Now finish. They had decided to take this collection, but they hadn't followed through. In fact, Paul since had gone to the poor region of Macedonia. They had decided to gain a collection. They had collected it and they'd sent it all within the time that Corinth was still deciding on whether they would follow through or not. What I look at when I read this, I say that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. I think of the phrase, match your willingness to your actions. So much of us of our ideas about giving, about generosity, about serving God, about praying, about doing all of these things, there's a desire, there's an inspiration to do it, but the follow-through is what is important. Roads, physical roads, have been on our minds in this series. We've talked about roads a lot. Maybe it's because we're preparing ourselves for what the first snow and freeze is going to do to our roads. Uh, They'll look more like Ukraine than uh, Detroit. You know, like they're going to be messed up. We all know this, don't we? In fact, this is a huge problem. And more and more of our money and taxes and the gas at the pump goes towards these roads. There was a promise, not just from our current governor, not, not that, I'm not pointing anyone out, but from a lot of people that the roads would be fixed. Are the roads fixed? No. <laughs> 
There may be a willingness, but the follow-through isn't there. And we're just getting to the point right now um, that the cost to you and me for the accidents that occur because of the roads is getting to grow by thousands every year. It is a problem. There is a willingness, but there isn't the ability. There isn't the ability to follow through. They're not choosing to do that. My point isn't to comment on how to fix the roads. I don't know if they ever will be fixed until Jesus comes back. But we understand this. There's a difference between willingness and action. Match your willingness to your action. Verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one doesn't have. Paul has laid it on thick in the first couple verses. Really, all the way up into this point, he's laid it on thick. He at one point says, hey, the Macedonians don't have anything, but they overflowed in generosity, and and you haven't yet. And I'm not saying you have to do this, but I'm kind of testing the sincerity of your heart. Ooh, Paul, all right. So he's, he's pushing hard into it. He says, okay, if I can't get you to, to see that even those who are radically poor can be radically generous, and you are not radically poor, but you're not being radically generous, if I can't get you to see it out of their poverty, then I'll talk to you about Jesus and his abundance, where he gave, had everything and gave it all up for you so that you could have life. Now are you going to be generous? Paul has laid it on thick. He wants them to understand. He wants them. He's going to control them. He's going to write in a way that's clever to help them realize the truth of their ability and what God wants for them. But here, here's what a beautiful, he he starts to attack unnecessary shame. He says, for the willingness is here, the gift is acceptable according to what one has. He's saying to them, listen, it's, it's not about how much you can give. The willingness and the follow-through is what matters. He combats any shame. Shame is saying, I'm not good because I don't or can't. I am bad because I can't. I feel bad about myself. It is not good enough. Paul's saying, no, 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 that's not a shame I want you to bear. And I I hear that from people. I can't do much. I feel shame because I can't do what I think I should do. I wish I had made different decisions so I could do more. Or because I can't give, I don't feel valued. I don't know if I belong. I am not enough because I cannot tithe. Or a tithe of what I give is not much at all. Does it matter? These are things that war within our hearts. These are things that you have maybe felt even as I said them. And Paul is saying to you, no, no, don't feel shame. Allow your willingness to move you towards generosity, but according to what you have, not out of what you don't have. This week, um, through partner care and meeting with people, I had some incredible conversations where I got to talk to people who realized they're in a better shape than they ever thought they would be. Another who got, uh, who got a raise and was able to then do incredible things and, and to raise up some of their family members. And I, and I talked to people who had their car repossessed this week. And I talked to people who are facing eviction. I've talked to everybody on this spectrum this week. 
And so this verse is so important because this verse is speaking to every single one of us. And it's not saying to us, you don't have enough, so you should feel like bad. And out of that feeling of bad, then go do something. But I find that that feeling of shame often, instead of actually motivating people, demotivates them and makes them feel like they don't belong. 2 Corinthians 8.12, it says, but according, not according to what one does have, according to what one does have. I have a question for you. Have you determined what you have? That's a question. I know for us who don't like to think about finances, sometimes we just ignore it as long as there's money in the bank, right? Or for those of us who have, have so much and, and we've thought about where to spend, do you, do you know how much you have? Do you know? Have you avoided it? Have you counted the costs of living? Have you counted the cost of energy bills, eating, gas, rent? Or are you unaware of your finances? God has called you to know what you have and then to respond. Students, this goes for you too. Don't say, I'm just a student. What can I really do? The question is, what do you have? And how has God called you to contribute? And for some of us, we tithe and we're like, hey, we're good. That, I, that's easy. That's not a hard thing for me. It doesn't really strain me at all to give 10% of my income because I have so much. Have you counted what you have? Are you aware of what you have so that you can respond according to what you have or what you don't? God is calling us to understand and to have right stewardship of that. You know, it's interesting when you really just break down numbers simply and you start writing them out on a piece of paper, things become very, very clear. When I talk about the tithe or giving, I find often people, they put it into this abstract concept, right? And, and they don't actually apply it to their reality. So it, it, some easy numbers. If you make $100, students, if you make $100, 10% of that is? 10% of 100 is what? Okay. What's 10% of $70,000? Yeah, you just move the little dot, to, you know, right? And it's, it's easy, okay. Well, you know the average income in all of the cities from all the places that we, uh, our people attend in this search, the, the average household income is $70,000. It's more in some areas and, and a little bit less in others. So that's 7,000 a year. So a tithe is simply this, $7,000 a year. Is that what you do? Now, I'm not saying everyone should give 7000 That's obviously not what I'm saying. But have you counted it? You know, obviously 10% of $100,000 is $10,000, 10% of $250,000 is $25,000, etc. See, sometimes we don't even just think about it. We don't actually count the cost. So let me ask this question, and this is rhetorical. Please don't say this out loud. But what's 10% of your salary? Do you know? Do you know? It's part of counting the cost. Remember, everything I'm saying at this point is under the understanding of what Paul is talking about. I am not trying to, in any way, have you feel shame of saying, I am not enough. I am trying to drive you towards Paul's heart and Jesus' heart. Jesus said this in Luke 16.10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. It's just a fact. 
The reality is God has given us certain amounts of things to steward. Will you be trusted with it? Will you be faithful with it? One of the things I used to hear people say when they were younger and not making enough money is they'll say, hey, when I make enough money, then I will. I'm like, no, you won't. Jesus said, you won't. Often we have to lead our hearts where it's not there yet. But if you have much, are you being dishonest with it? Are you honoring God? Ignorance of what you make does not excuse you from being true with what you have. Ignorance is not bliss in this. But I understand it. I don't want to always look at the finances. I definitely don't want to pull up. I'm blessed to have a 401k right now. I don't like pulling that up. Does anyone else like pulling that up right now? That's a sad thing. Like You're like watching it just like go down, and you're like, well... It could all go away tomorrow. My God is my provider. But it doesn't feel good. The fear of what you might find when you start to write out your finances or look at what you have could be hard to confront. But freedom is on the other side of ordering your life and disciplining your life around the truth that Jesus is your provider, not your bank account. It said in our paper, if money becomes our master, it will never matter how much we have. Whether we are poor or rich, we will always want more and even convince ourselves that we need more. So my call for you today is to know what you have and to count the cost of your life so that in your willingness to serve God, your actions can support it because you know and you have planned and you have ordered your life and you have put God first. On the uh, screen in just a moment will be a link, and there's just a simple article in there, um, and they're apps. And these apps are financial resources that can help you with different things. So once that pops up, and you can go to that. It's a simple article from a place called Nerd Wallet, um, which I just love it because it's Nerd Wallet. I mean, come on, that's just geeky as all get out. But there are multiple tools on there. Some of them are paid and some of them are not. Some of them just help you track. You know, the first step is just to say, um, what am I spending on? It's to track. There's others that you can use to write down and write out all of your costs and your income and process it. Whatever you want to do, there are hundreds of resources out there that can help you learn to do that. Count that cost. Paul isn't done making his point yet. He didn't just throw one verse in there. He wanted to double down. 2 Corinthians 8.13, he says this. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality, equality, that there might be equality. Now, I'm going to use some words now, because this message is called equity and generosity, equity and generosity. But the word here is equality, and, and when I talk about equity and equality, all of us, some of our antennas are up, right? and uh, we're up like, okay, we, I know what you're about to talk about right here. You know, you're going to show me some kind of picture with a fence with people on different boxes and all. Ignore that for a moment. Let's just look at what the Bible has to say about it. What he's talking about is equality, sameness, or the same responsibility. Paul is talking about a concept we use today, which we would call equity, that for those who have abundance would care for those who are hard-pressed, that we don't all start in the same place in generosity, but the goal is that we share in the investment 
something that's commensurate to what we can give. I mean, he literally just told us, I don't want you to give what you can't give. I want you to know and to count the cost. If we were talking about money terms, people here, we're not saying everyone should give this amount and that's equal. Everyone giving the same amount is equal. What we're saying is give to the level of what God has given you. That's what I love about a 10%. It's a tithe. It scales. For those for who have very little, it allows them to be faithful. For those who have much, it allows them to be faithful. So the question I have for you is, and you have to count the cost first of your life. The question is this, what is your equitable sacrifice? What is your equitable sacrifice? What do I mean? What is reasonable for you? But it's not just a gift. It's not just generosity. It's sacrifice. Remember, Jesus is the one who patterns all of this force. Radical generosity to give everything to the point of death on the cross. So what is your equitable sacrifice? What has God called you to do? You see, if I wanted to, I could just say this is how much everybody should give. You know, $600 a month. Right? That's, that's what everyone should give. But then I'm just drawing a box. And I'm saying, here's the line. And if you're on this side of the line, you're good. If you're not, you're out. But we know that's not who we follow. We follow Jesus. We go towards Jesus' vision, towards what he is doing, to how he is moving. God is calling us to sacrifice everything, all of our life, all of our homes, everything we have to him for his mission. But that looks different financially for each person. So what is your equitable sacrifice? And you're going to need to answer this question in your heart. You're going to need to not push this off and to ignore it and to say, I'm not going to listen to that. You're going to need to make a choice. How are you part of this body? How are you providing for this house? How do you share in the load of the budget? You belong even if you give nothing, absolutely, 100%. But as we grow, we create belonging for other people by investing our time, our talent, our treasure, and we sacrifice for others. We'll do whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. The beauty of this is no matter who you are in this room, you can be part. You can be part and it'll be, you, you could be part of what we're doing. You don't have to feel like you're just a consumer of it. You can be part of it. And you can find joy in joining the body of Christ as we do this together. 2 Corinthians 8.14. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. So that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. It's not equal that everyone gets the same thing. No, equality is that that we all share in the burden. We share in the joy. Verse 15, as it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Now that's in quotes. Anytime you see that, Anytime there's a quotation there, as it is written, he is cueing you into something. And it should be something that goes, okay, wait a minute. What's that talking about? And why is that important for the person who is reading? Do you know what this comes from? You may have noticed it. You may not. But this comes from the Old Testament. 
What he's talking about is, is God had taken the Israelites who were slaves, slaves for 400 years, and he took them out into the wilderness. But the slave was out of Egypt, but the slave was still in their hearts. They were still thinking like a slave. They were still in this place of, of bondage in their mind and the way that they thought. And they needed to be freed from that. And it resulted in them saying, nope, I'm too scared. I want to go back. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I'm afraid. I don't want to step into God's freedom for me. I don't want to step into the promised land. I'm too afraid because they had the slaves still in their mind. So God had to take them into the wilderness for 40 years to train the slavery out of them to coax them into freedom. So what does that have to do with this? Well, he sent a manna. Manna was bread from heaven. And when the morning they would gather what they needed. And in fact, they were punished if they gathered too much. They just gathered what they needed. Why did God do that? One, he didn't want his people to starve. But two, he wanted to show them that what? That he was the provider that they couldn't force or squirrel away enough stuff and they couldn't, no, they had to rely on him as provider. Why? Because he was going to give them manna for all eternity? No, that he needed to train them to rely on him. Took 40 years to coax them into freedom. Not only that, he taught them how to give back to him. The tithe and all these things, they they began in this season. And the reason why was to train people to trust in God and to provide for the needs of the community and to care for them. God as provider. He is Jireh. So just for a moment, I just want to let you guys know, like, there is, there is a need. That there is a desire for all of us to have an equitable sacrifice because it's what's good for your heart. It's what's good for you. It's what's good for your future, for your generational future as well, for your children. And your ch- as you teach them this rhythm, of course. It's to take the slave chain around your neck of consumerism that threatens to choke you and make you a slave to the master of money. It's to take it off your neck. Absolutely. And for me, this is one of the most beautiful things. But all of that is secondary to something else. The radical generosity of Jesus where he had a mission to bring all people to know Jesus Christ. So God called him to that. And he's called this church to that. And so what's first is the vision that God has laid before us. And I'll just let you lay it out for you right now. And then we've been running off reserves because we haven't had what we've needed. All of us as partners as people in this church, as attenders, we're called to share in the load of the budget. To share equitably, of course, but to be invested and to be part of it. And I could break it down how we've planned, how we've thought if we have this many partners, then this X means this many, and that will cover 70% of the budget. By the way, 70% of the budget is, is covered through the, the partners and the, and the rest of us, uh, we, we in, contribute to that 30. We plan for that, but that's not coming through. And there's, there's a million reasons why that might be the case. But the truth is that we're not where we need to be this year. So taking care of the house is everyone's responsibility, equitably. 
I'm calling you to it. I, I have faith. I have faith that God will use whatever we bring, and he will do great things with it. But next year is going to be a little bit different, a little bit harder, a lot harder. If we don't get this figured out, let me be clear. 2 Corinthians 8.14, as your present time, your plenty will supply what they need. So that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. That is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. God is provider. He is good. And the question you must answer for yourself today is what is your equitable sacrifice? Little is much when God is in it. I want to finish with a story. Um, Frank, he's a a tender at our church partner. He's an amazing guy. He came to me um, after service last week. It was a it was an intense service last week. It was good. But he came to me, and he had this smile on his face. He usually does have this big smile on his face. And he, and he came to me, and he says, hey, you know what, pastor? There's not going to be any money in heaven. And I'm like, yep, yep, Frank, that's, that's true. We're going to have crowns, but we'll give them to Jesus. So there's no money in heaven. I'm like, yes, Frank, that's true. He goes, that means that it is only now, right now, today, that we get to worship God with money. And I, I just literally stopped moving for a second, and my eyes got real big. And I was like, what? He blew my mind in that moment. He said that there's a uniqueness to the season we're in, that we're going to be able to give to God right now with our money. We won't be able to do that in eternity because there won't be any need. We will just be around our provider all the time. But right now, this moment, for such a time as this, we can worship God. Welcome back. I hope you were encouraged and challenged by that message. Uh, Pastor Nathan called us to uh, generosity, to pursuing equity, the kind of equity that scripture talks about with our generosity and through our generosity. So I hope you feel called to that this week. Um, for those of you who are either processing something from the sermon or just in a space where you need support and prayer, please be sure to reach out. Uh, you can do that on a connect card is the easiest way to do that. Uh, let us know who you are, what you have going on, any prayer requests, or just any ways you are looking to connect in this community. We'd love to help you out with that. Um, but I hope you have a blessed week, a wonderful week, and we'll see you again real soon. Bye.